Welcome to the His Hill Podcast. My name is Kelly Darty, and I'm your host. You know, without a doubt, the, the biggest deal or the most fun in being at a Torchbearer Center is just getting to know students, watching how the Lord works in their lives, watching them grow throughout the year, and then staying in touch with them. And that's really what's behind this podcast. You know, Charlie McCall and I had been looking for years, just thinking on this, praying about this. You know, how can we continue to minister to the alumni? And, uh, and then the podcast idea came up. And Charlie was all for it, and, uh, and and away we went. I mean, it was it was no convincing at all. He wanted to do this. So today, um, what we're going to do is interview one of our students. She's been here for two years, and literally is just finishing up the second year now. We're uh, this is Friday. Thursday will be graduation. So those of you who are alumni, you know that this next week will not. There just won't be a whole lot of class. There's going to be just a lot of being together type things. So anyway, let me introduce our guest to us, uh, to you. This is Susanna Prater. Hi, Susanna. Hey, Kelly. How's it going? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing quite well. Great. Now, now you are from Illinois. Yes, I am. And you are finishing up your second year. Did you come here right out of high school? Um, I did, actually. Yeah. So right after the summer after I graduated, came okay. right on out here. And what was it that brought you to his hill? Um, the funny thing was, is when I decided to apply to a torchbearers the year before, the hill was actually the last place on my list okay. to go. Yeah, and so I actually went ahead and I applied to Bodensjahr mm-hmm. in Germany and got accepted. Everything was paid for, ready to go. Um, and then COVID hit that summer. Okay. And yeah, it ended up getting an email three weeks before I was supposed to go and it was canceled. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I was working like a 14-hour job at the time. I was exhausted. I called my parents and I was like, I have no idea what in the world I'm supposed to do. And they told me, well, why don't you try another Torchbearer Center? And I was like, okay, but please not Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I had such a prejudice against it, but I did. Well, you know, a, a lot of people do. And it's preconceived ideas from John Wayne movies and other Westerns, I yep, think. Yep, yeah. I think so too. And and what we keep telling people is all of those movies were filmed in Southern California, not in <laughs> Texas. <laughs> That's so funny. So anyway, go ahead. Yeah, and so we um, called around, saw if um, any of the schools were open, and my dad called the Hill. He actually ended up talking to Audrey at that point, and okay. they were like, we're still accepting students. And so my dad called me back, and he's like, the Hill's still open. And I was like, okay at that point I was like whatever works so I was gonna go for one semester and then I was gonna go back to Bodensjahr um so I applied got accepted and three weeks later I was on a plane had no idea what the Lord was gonna do but here I was and here I am two years later all right well you know we have a little bit of uh shared history with that as I applied just three weeks before Bible school started yeah and here I am 40 years later. So, <laughs> um, well, let's, let's go ahead and let's, let's back up. Um, tell us a little bit about your life. Where, where were you born? Um, I was actually born in Northern California in a little town called Arcata. Okay. Yeah. So originally from Northern California. And uh, did you come from a Christian home? Yes, I did. So um, actually, I can't really tell my story without telling part of my dad's Go ahead. um it's pretty amazing so my parents were married pretty young um they had me a couple years later me and my sister and um, my dad didn't actually get saved until i was about four years old okay um so his life got flipped around when he met jesus completely different um he ended up leaving 
perfect job, perfect house he had just built, kind of the American dream, mm. um, and leaving everything, packed us up so he could go to Bible college. Um, so yeah, my ev- my whole life was changed when my dad's life was changed, mm. and what a beautiful thing that was. Mm. It was Jesus, 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 and mm. how can we live our lives for him? And so yeah, it was a beautiful um, growing up experience to be raised by two people who left everything for the Lord. Mm. And uh, did you guys stay in California? We did for 17 years. Okay. Yeah. So we moved all around Northern California, different churches, um, different seminaries, this and that. So So your dad is a pastor? Yes, he is. Okay. Okay. And um, so how did you come to know Jesus? Um, Growing up in a Christian home, I pretty much accepted anything that my parents told me. I was like, Jesus loves me? Great. Um, (laughs) Jesus died for me? Even better. Like, all of these things. Um, Very accepting. Um, Why wouldn't I believe it? My parents loved me, and this was a God who loved me. Um, I had no reason to disbelieve it. When I was 10, I got baptized. I wanted to take communion. I wanted to be a part of everyone and everything. This Mm. was just the next step. Um, so I got baptized when I was 10. Um, I was very just accepting. I loved the Lord. I was excited to serve him. Um, but I never thought through a lot of those things by myself until I got to be a lot older. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we, when I was 15 was when the Lord really started to work in my life. Okay. Tell us about that. Um, so it was actually a pretty difficult year for my family that year. We had kind of a messy church split this and that and um i was growing up trying to figure out life um and one day i realized i had not given the lord my entire my whole life Mm. um i was serving in awanas i was working at my children's church i was doing all the things i was supposed to i had run girls bible studies i'd done this and that and yet here i was And I hadn't given the Lord my whole life. I Mm. had dreams and hopes and plans that were very much mine. And don't Mm. let anybody tell me not to have those. Mm. Um, And I realized suddenly one day what a big deal that was. So I remember going outside and um, falling on my knees and saying, Lord, I want to give you my whole life. Everything that I've clung to, everything in side of me that I've wanted for myself. Um, I want to give that to you, Lord. Um, and it was a really big deal because I realized the Lord could do whatever he wanted with me now. He could reveal anything to me. He could show me anything. And yeah. And so the next day I remember not feeling a lot of change after that until one moment I was suddenly struck with, how do I know that God is real? Mm. Um, it was like the Lord was testing me and asking me, Suzanne, are you going to give me everything? Mm. Um, so yeah, I doubted for a really long time whether or not God was real. Um, it was about two weeks of just like intense turmoil. Um, I had always had like a little image in my mind of who God was, you know, that smiling face in the clouds from the storybooks smiling down on you. And that was what I thought of when I thought of God, um, just a father looking down on me, but just this little picture that I could put in a box and completely understand. And I came up to my dad one day and I was like, dad, that image is literally gone. I have no concept of God. I Mm. don't understand anything. It was like the Lord just completely took away everything I had thought of him. And he wanted to show me who he really was Mm. over those. It was about a two week period of, um, 
the Lord revealing a lot of sin in my life and a lot of things I had never realized. Mm. Um, just a realization that I was a sinner um, and that I was just as terrible as every other person on this planet. And I needed Jesus just like everybody else. Um, my dad, one day I looked at him and I said, I want him, the Lord to stop revealing these sins in my life. Um, he keeps just showing me these things all at once. And it's so overwhelming. And he looked at me and he said, Susanna, it's like your heart is a closet full of trash bags. They've always been in there. And now the Lord is taking them out. You don't want him to stop. Um, but I struggled and I doubted. I had no idea if the Lord was real. Um, everything seemed to want to pull me away. And I really just could barely hold on anymore. Mm. I remember coming to my parents' room in the middle of the night and I was like, I can't hold on any longer. And they just held me and prayed with me and beseeched the Lord. And this went on for about two weeks, um, just wrestling back and forth, trying to prove whether God was real, disprove it even. Um, until my dad looked at me one day and he said, Susanna, you are going to have to decide. This can't go on for forever. Are you going to follow Jesus or not? And I remember just sitting there and being like, I didn't want to. But through the grace of God, um, nothing of my own, he was able to allow me to say, yes, I'm going to follow Jesus. And things didn't necessarily get easier right after that. It wasn't like the light like just flicked back on and my image of God came back. He had to slowly rebuild it. So when the word really became life to me, um, Psalm 13 says, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart all the day? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? Enlighten my eyes, O God, or I will sleep the sleep of death. And that was how I knew the Bible was real, because how could something that was reflecting exactly what my heart was saying not be wow yeah wow so. that's great insight yeah I, you know i appreciate you being so open about that because i think so often the invitation that's given to come to christ is one that something along the lines of come to jesus and everything will be okay mm-hmm. and that's not that, that's not even close to the truth no it's not you know, James says, consider it all joy when you encounter various trials. Not if, mm-hmm. but when. And then I, I think as you were talking, I was thinking about Moses at the burning bush. You know, a man when he was 40 years old thought he was all that. And by the time he was 80, he realized he wasn't. Yeah. And his his response to God was, who am I? Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I, I just had opened up to Hebrews chapter 11 and it says here, therefore there was born even of one man, and him as good as dead at that, as many descendants as the stars of heaven in, in number, and innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. Mm. And, I, you know, really, the I believe the Lord is bringing us all to that point because he's faithful to do so, that we realize there's really nothing good in me. Mm-hmm. Paul said it that way. There's nothing good in me. I mean... Isn't that, aren't you so thankful that Paul wrote that? <laughs> Amen. Yeah. I mean, the same guy that said, for me to live is Christ. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. You know, it's no longer I live, but Christ who lives in me. Thank you for also telling us that there's nothing good in you, that there's a battle that goes on. Yes. And, and, and so while Moses had to come to that point, we find 
when we read in Exodus chapter 3, he didn't stay there, though. Mm. He went on and said, okay, who am I, but who are you? And God introduced himself as I am. And Jesus takes that up in the New Testament and says, I am the bread of life. I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So I'm pretty sure the Lord didn't just leave you. No, he didn't. What what happened? Um, at that point in time, really, the word became life to me. Mm. Um, I literally walked around the house um, so weak in and of myself that all I could do was sing, I have decided to follow Jesus. Okay. I literally walked around the house and said, I have decided to follow Jesus and just clung to that. Um, the Lord really stripped away any foundation that I had made for myself. And mm. he slowly started to build in my heart a new foundation. Yeah. Um, God's word became life. I read it constantly for the first time. It wasn't just a checklist. Um, growing up reading your Bible every day, it's good, but you read Psalm 23 and you check it off your list and you keep going. And then the next day you read the same Psalm again and then you yeah. keep going. And um, I remember just sitting there and reading it out loud. And it, it was like fresh living water pouring into my soul. That was just an abundance of life. Jesus was life and he was found in his word. Um, so yeah, the Lord started to slowly build a foundation. I struggled for months. I still had so many questions. Mm -hmm. Everything that I had accepted, I needed to find out, is this really true? Is this real? And, um, I think my God for my parents that they were just there for me and holding me and constantly pointing me to truth, to the word. It was never, oh, go find your happiness in this or that, or, um, here are what are our ideas of how you could do better. It was, no, this is what the word of God says. And, um, yeah. And so it was just a slow, slow progress and process of just, Lord, I'm coming to know you in your word, like make yourself known. And after many months, it became a little easier and my heart could, um, lighten up a little bit, but yeah, it was just a slow progress. Mm, okay. Uh, how did this, um, did this bring any change practically, you know, with, um, you know, home life, school, anything like that? Um, I think for the first time I was interested in what my parents were talking about, saying, oh, wow. um, yeah, it was, I became, I wanted to know what all of these theological conversations were about going on in our house and before I really could have cared less. Um, and so, yeah, and it was just that now I have this, my own relationship with the Lord. I didn't just have my parents. Mm -hmm. um, it didn't affect me. Well, it affected everything, um, but it didn't affect normal things I did day to day um, in life. I wasn't going to a public school where all of a sudden I was like shouting Jesus at the street corners, but it was very much just to, like the Lord was making a foundation in my heart to get to know him better. Okay. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, so where did the Lord take you? Um, we moved around a couple of times. Um, I ended up when I was 17 going to a summer camp and that challenged me a lot. I worked as a counselor all summer, um, as a day camp counselor, and that challenged me a lot. Um, it was a so-called, it was a Christian camp, but the people they hired didn't really know the Lord. Mm. And so for really the first time in my life, I was surrounded by a lot of people who were from so many different backgrounds and I was very, um, not easily influenced, but I was influenced and it made me start to question, not necessarily my faith again, but how it was going to be lived out in my life. Okay. Um, it 
am I going to follow the ways of the world or am I going to stay true to Jesus? And there was definitely um, a huge battle in my soul. Um, going back and forth, um, is Jesus the most important thing to me? Um, am I going to do what he says? Am I going to follow him even when no one else is? Um, and that definitely carried over um, when I went home and finished up my senior year at home during covid that was a really rough year when I was like, am I going to submit to the Lord? Am I going to submit to my parents? Um, Am I going to let myself be influenced by the world? Or am I going to continue to follow the Lord who already had proved himself life to me? Okay, good. And you were 17? I was 17. Okay, where were you living? I was living at home. We were in Illinois at that point. We had moved out there for a church plant. um, And that was a big deal. Um, am I going to trust the Lord with my life in this way? Am I going to trust him when we leave friends and family and we move to a new place? And I definitely didn't for the longest time. Um, I definitely had to learn submission to the Lord, submission to my Mm -hmm. parents, even at that, um, time, because I don't think at that moment in time I had really realized that Jesus was worth it yet. Mm. You know, I, I think throughout life you'll find that you'll have to deal with that mm-hmm. uh any uh, i know that i've had to you know when 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 circumstances change around you and it's not what you expected it mm-hmm. to be and uh, there's uh you, you, it, you go through these storms and i you know the lord is sovereign this, this isn't an accident when you go through these things because uh we w- once had a director a long time ago here who told us that often we reach these places in our walk with the Lord, mm-hmm. who, um, who, well, I'll just tell you who he is. His name's Sonny Westbrook. I don't know why I didn't say that. Sorry, Sonny. <laughs> but he would, he told us once that, you know, often we get to this place with the Lord and our walk with the Lord. And it's a wonderful place. You know, it's, it, we're so excited and so thankful. And we just tell the Lord, Lord, this is wonderful. Let's just stay here. And just just bask in this. Let's just stay here. And Sonny told us that the Lord will always say no because I want you to have it all. Mm. And, you know, and, and because of our flesh, because of our fallen state, you know, we're constantly battling with our flesh. Um, the Lord has to keep taking us there to where, you know, we're either going to, do you want to go deeper still? Do you want to go mm. deeper? And, uh, you know, we'll find that it, it involves, it often involves a lot of pain. Yeah. We had a, um, Doug Lanier, a former teacher here at his Hill, he used to say that, you know, life with Christ is like an onion and the Lord will peel a layer off. Mm. And when he pulls that layer off, there's another one. And he pulls that one off and there's another one. And he says, pretty soon, because it's an onion, you go to peeling these layers off, pretty soon you're crying. That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> and it becomes a mess. And he says, he, he, the Lord is faithful to continue to peel each layer off. And then, do you know what you find at the middle of an onion? What? Nothing. Hmm. The Lord is breaking us down to bring us to that point where we realize there's nothing good in me. Hmm. And I need Jesus. Amen. And he's there. Okay, so you were 17, uh, you graduated from high school, Yeah, and you ended up coming here, didn't want to come here, Yep. but you ended up here. So what's it been like being here? Life-changing. Okay. Yeah, um, 
it has been absolutely amazing. Mm. It's been incredibly difficult. Um, the Lord has continued to, as you said, peel back those layers yeah. and to change me and to show me more of myself and to challenge me in so many ways mm. um, and different lessons for the different years. But it has been so good and so challenging. I showed up to the hill and one of my roommates, um, Evie, she looked at me and she said, you're going to learn more in your first week of Bible school than you have in your entire life. And I said, no way. <laughs> like, I'm a pastor's kid, right? This is not how this works. I grew up hearing all of it. And in my first week, it was actually in one of your classes, Kelly. Mm. The Lord just blew me away. Mm. He showed me just my pride in that. Showed me that I had so much to learn because this once I cared to listen. Mm. Um starting those classes, um, dealing with hard things in my heart and my life, um, trying to answer big questions like, why is there suffering in this world? Um, I'd been struggling with the idea of the glory of God for a really long time at that point. Like, isn't that selfish that he wants all the glory for himself like this or that? And I came up to Connor after one class and I said, Connor, I just don't understand. How can God have all the glory? Like, I just don't get it. And he looked at me and he said, Susanna, it sounds like you're struggling with the goodness of God. Wow. And I said, Connor, how, okay, like maybe, I don't know. How do I fix that? And he goes, that's not something I can tell you. That's a journey you're going to have to go on. And I walked away so frustrated. Mm -hmm. I was like, but I just want the answer. Mm -hmm. Very much a, I just want the easy answer person and I'll tuck it in my back pocket and then I'll walk away and I'll just keep living my life. And the Lord really changed that actually and really showed me his goodness through a lot of like unexpected um, circumstances like during missions trip. Um, so we went on our first mission trip and we were part of Mission NAC and we were um, redoing the outside of houses for people. And I remember just being overcome by the brokenness in those homes, um, the brokenness in the families. Um, they didn't know Jesus and their lives were absolutely terrible. Mm. We sat there, we painted, we caulked, we put stuff on the houses and redid things, redid a roof. I fell through a roof. That was fun. <laughs> um, and it wasn't like I hadn't seen poverty before or I didn't hear about it growing up. Um, that wasn't what struck me. It was the children in the home that mm. struck me. It was the kids that came off the bus with fear and distrust in their eyes and, mm little tiny babies sitting on the ground putting rocks in their mouth and there was no one there to watch them and wow. make sure they didn't choke um and that just struck me and i just struggled and battled with it all week how can god be good in the midst of all of this pain this mm. doesn't make sense i came back at the end of that trip and i was journaling in the chapel and i was so overcome i was how can god be good in the midst of so much pain and suffering and I was laying there and um, I was almost, I had just journaled my heart out and I was just so confused and so overwhelmed. And I just laid there and I almost fell asleep. And then I looked out and the tree was just outside the chapel and it was a beautiful sunny day and it was just blowing in the wind with the sun like glinting off of the leaves. And my first thought was, this is so beautiful. Mm. And in that moment, I realized God was not good because of the pain but because he was in the midst of the pain okay and he was good and he is healer and he i left those children there but he didn't mm. and there was just that beauty of 
that's how big our God is. He loves them no matter what. He can redeem them. He can build up their lives and he can build mine. And there was just that moment when I realized how good he was in the middle of all of the pain because he had come to overcome that pain and that brokenness and honestly throughout the rest of the year all i could talk about was the goodness of god oh wow yeah good now um did you stay for summer um no i went back and i worked at my camp back home okay and but then you obviously stayed for the second year what's what's second year been like second year has been challenging okay um was it different than you expected it was okay um I had told myself I would never stay for a second year. Um, That was not my thing. The athletic activities were definitely not my thing. (laughs) And that was way too much homework. Um, (laughs) But the Lord, he softened me and he changed me. And he said, okay, Susanna, I've given you a foundation of who I am. I'm good. I'm love. I'm yours. First year was definitely a year when the Lord was like, this is who I am. And of course, not in its entirety, because how can you ever know the entirety of God? But just a little glimpse at who his character was and who he was to me. Um, it was a year of giving up control of okay. so many things in my life yet again. Um, but then second year, I showed up. Um, I was here. The Lord had changed my heart. And I walked a loop. I started walking the loop. And it was the week when it was just second years here. Um, I was close with a lot of them. I was excited about it, but I was also very apprehensive about the year Um, because I didn't know what I was doing here. I didn't know what the Lord was doing. Things were a lot different already than I had expected. Um, And I walked the loop and I just was praying and I said, Lord, if I walk away from this year with nothing else seemingly in my hands, but I have learned to trust you more, then it'll all be worth it. And so that really became my prayer this year. Lord, can I trust you? And he's thrown a lot of different things in my path um, that he said, will you trust me with this? Will you give this to me every day? Um, And at the end of this year, um, we leave next week. um, I have really come to know that my God is worthy of trust. Mm. And if I seemingly am at this end of this year with empty hands, they're not because I've come to know the Lord more fully and more deeply and how joyous that is. That's great. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Um, you, you talked about the, uh, apprehension with the uh, outdoor <laughs> yes. stuff. Did the Lord do anything with you with that? It was challenging. Yeah. Um, I definitely wanted to step outside of my comfort zone and, in all honesty, we went on our first run, which I think was the eight mile. And John was like, we're going to talk about it at the end and talk about how we can have spiritual application. And I was like, spiritual application from running? <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> um, the Lord has just been like, Susanna, every part of your life, whether you're running, whether you're watching kids, whether you're listening to teaching, whether you're doing this or that, I am there in all of it. It is all about yeah. me. And that was something that really just like hit me. Truth I knew in my head, but I didn't know in my heart. So yeah, the Lord totally used the um, outdoor activities, even though I didn't expect that. Well, I'm glad to hear that because yeah, you can thank me for that because thank you, Kelly. (laughs) Because I'm the one that started the outdoor stuff uh, years ago, and my my that was actually what you explained was my reasoning for it. Um, uh, you know, uh, what we do with our second year program is we, we want the students to be able to better articulate what it means for Christ to be your life. And that is all encompassing, not in just, you know, what you think or what you learn from the Bible, but in, in how you live, how you act mm-hmm. out. 
And I remember, you know, I think it was the first year we started the outdoor stuff. We were out for a run. I noticed that there was one of the girls was running by herself, and it was obvious that she was she was struggling. I almost sent one of the guys to run with her to just encourage her. But for some reason, there was a check in my heart, don't do that. So I didn't do it. When we got back to de- debrief, I told her about that. I said, you know, I saw this, and I almost sent one of the guys. And I said, well, you know, what, what, would, what would you have done if I had done that? And she said, Kelly, I'm so glad you didn't. Because the whole time we were running, I kept thinking to myself, I hope nobody comes, I hope nobody comes, I hope nobody comes to run with me. Mm. Be- and then she says, and I guess as she's running, she's thinking through this. And she said, because I don't like for anybody to see me struggle. And I said, really? And she goes, she put her head down. She goes, yep. And she, you know, the Lord was working on her heart with something with that. And I think it's important for for those exercises just to make us think through something. Because like you were saying, it doesn't matter what we're doing in life. For some reason we think, uh, and, and of course, if we were asked this question, we would say, oh, no, I don't believe that. But the way we actually live out our life so often, we think that, you know, now, you know, when I'm in the Bible, now's the time for me to be fixed on Jesus. And when I'm in a, you know, at church, now's the time or a mission trip, now's the time. Uh, you know, if somebody asks me specifically about Jesus, mm-hmm. well, now's the time. But we don't think about this, that, you know, when we're swinging the hammer or mm-hmm. making supper. You know, taking care of the kids. You know, when we're at, when we're at yeah. work, driving down the road. I mean, my wife has to remind me several times every week that Jesus can drive the car. <laughs> you know, that I need to just abide. And so, you know, that's. And I appreciate you making that observation because we we, we need to remind each other of that. You know, Paul said, "For me to live is Christ, mm-hmm. not for me to preach as Christ." You know, for me to go on missionary journeys is Christ, but to live is Christ. And he said it as a prisoner. So for me to be a prisoner is Christ. And so that's, you know, that's encouraging and exciting to hear that the Lord is working that in your heart. Now, you went to Albania, didn't you? I did go to Albania. Tell us about the trip. It was amazing. Um, It was actually my first time out of the country, which was a fun experience. Um, But with that came some really interesting realizations. Um. I showed up. It was beautiful. We had a long ride. I was with people I loved. It was it was great. Um, but I showed up, and by the time we actually got out to Crossroads um, a couple days later and were there, I had come to this realization. Um, wow, Albania is just like anywhere else. There are rivers. There are mountains. There are trees. There are rocks. This is just another place. But it is a place that the Lord loves. It is a place where he has called people. Um, it is a place where there's brokenness. There's a place that there is hope. Um, and I think it was really beautiful to n- just get a little bit of a bigger picture of the heart of God. It wasn't some crazy foreign place. Not that I was expecting that it was, but it was like, this is a place with people that the Lord loves. Um, the church there just blew me away. Um, we stayed one of our first nights at a church and in the city of Velish. And we served with their youth programs, and we went to church with them on Sunday, and it was beautiful, the love they showed us. The pastor of this church, he um, walked with us um, one night to his little apartment with his family. We all crowded in their small living room, and they just welcomed us so well. We're just 10 strangers sitting in their living room, and they're laughing with us. They're sharing Jesus. They open their mouths, and Jesus comes out, and it was so beautiful. They shared what they had with us. 
and we fellowshiped in a more beautiful way. Um, they were open, they were free, and they were unashamed to speak of their Lord Jesus, and it was so beautiful. Everywhere we went, people were just so welcoming, which is part of the Albanian culture, but also just how much more should the heart of the church be for people that they are welcoming in, um, and it was just to be able to sit and to receive the love of Jesus from somebody else um, in a different country and then to sit with them and to sing in Albanian with them on Sunday. Mm. It was just like, Lord, this is what heaven's going to be like. Mm. Every tribe, every tongue, and every nation coming together to glorify you. And it was so beautiful to sit there, to know that we were all there for the same purpose, to glorify God and to make his name known. Okay. What, uh, what uh, what kind of work did they have you do there? Um, when we were in Belish at the church, we um, just sat with the kids during their like youth groups, and we um, shared our testimonies with them. We sang songs with them. We played games with them. Um, during the Sunday service, we sang a song in English, and someone shared their testimony. When we were out in Crossroads, we would hang out with the House of Hope Orphanage in the morning, um, we would go on adventures with them, go rock climbing in the mountains and do this and that. And then we would, we were able to be a part of their ministries like Iron Sharp, their soccer ministry. We did some tutoring. We brought firewood to different people. We, um, stayed and hung out with the students at Crossroads. So yeah, we did a majority of different things, worked on some houses. Yeah. Okay. And how long were you guys there? Uh, with traveling days, it was around 10 days. Okay. And that was over spring break. That was over spring break. So you just got back just a little while ago. Yeah, we did. Um, okay. So now you've done two years at his hill. Yes. And what would you say, uh, if somebody were to ask you, why should they consider his hill? Why should they consider torchbearers? What would you say? Hmm. I think I would tell them not to miss out on a little piece of heaven. Mm. where people have come together for one purpose, and that's to know the Lord. Um, Our world is so dark. And yes, there are churches, and yes, there are beautiful communities, but how often do you come to a place where people long to know Jesus, that have paid money to sit for five hours a day hearing about him, where every aspect of your life is structured for the glory of God, for better community? Um, It's a place to learn how to live. It's a place to learn how to live for the glory of God. It's a place to be strengthened and to be armored for the battle that you're about to be sent back in. Um, I think that I would encourage anyone to go to any torchbearer center, but the Hill does have a special place in my heart. I've seen the hearts of the staff. Um, I've seen how human they are, but how much more that makes me admire and respect them because they are people like you and me, and they long to know that jesus more and they long to make his word known and they give so much of their time and why would you not want to spend a year or even two getting to know jesus better so that you can be set for the rest not set but beginning your journey right. for the rest of your life with the lord yeah yeah well, that's that's encouraging because you know it is it, it is an interesting setting Mm-hmm. Uh, people like to call it a bubble yeah and that has always kind of bothered me because like i, I understand that yeah you know you're you're in a, a unique place with a bunch of believers but it's not like you stop sinning while you're no. here it's not like you keep dealing with the don't 
continue to deal with the world while mm-hmm. you're here. But uh, you are in, in a place where, you know, you're being held accountable and, 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 and encouraged to, to Jesus yeah. and to, to live dependent upon him and not yourself. So, but I, yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. And, 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 I, and that's very encouraging to hear. Um, highlight for the year. Um, I think a highlight of this year has been um, the people. Um, but through them getting to know the Lord. It's it so two highlights in a way. Okay. Um, it has been being, having to trust the Lord and every day surrendering my life to him and seeing how far he has brought me and seeing that um, in me, my life is nothing in him that is everything. And to have come to know the Lord more, but to come to know him in a way to begin to realize how much I do not know him has been beautiful because it gives me such hope Mm. for leaving. I've just begun to know the Lord. I have the rest of my life to get to know him. Um, The people this year are beautiful. I think there is something so special about hearts of people that are open, people that are here, people who are honest and vulnerable, people who love Jesus, people from every background that no way in the world should you ever get along with any of them. But when you have Jesus in common, the most beautiful things happen, mm. and I think that has just blown me away this year. What are you looking forward to in going home? Um, I'm going to attend Moody Bible College in the fall. Okay. And I'm really excited about that. But I'm really excited to pour into my church back home. Um, it's a little tiny church plant um, in Illinois, and I'm really excited to be a part of that community. Good. Um, and I'm excited to see my family, but I'm excited to see how the Lord is going to challenge me. I know it's not going to be easy, not surrounded by all of these people and my peers, but I'm excited to see where he's going to take me. Um, With my heart being open before the Lord has brought me here. And if I leave with an open heart, it's exciting to see and to think where he's going to take me. Good. That's great. Okay. Well, Susanna, thanks for just putting some time aside. I know it's not the most convenient time of the year. I mean, it's right at the end. This is a Friday afternoon and you but but you were willing to do this and i really appreciate it i i I really appreciate you too just being so open and and just talking about the struggles that you've had but the sufficiency of christ in those struggles and you know we want to encourage the listeners with this that that you know hebrews is very clear the lord says christ himself says i will never leave you nor will i ever forsake you Mm. you know what will man do to me you know, you know, I have nothing to fear. And so be encouraged when we're going through these things in life. And often they can be very dark. They, they can even be scary. But the one who, according to Colossians, is the head of all rule and authority, Jesus, you have been made, if you've placed your faith in him, you've been made complete in him. And he's got this. You can trust him, walk with him, abide in him be fixed on him. And that's exactly what we want to do. We want to encourage you once again to be fixed on Jesus. Susanna, thanks for being here. Thank you, Kelly, for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to the His Hill podcast. You've been listening to our host, Kelly Doherty, and one of our current students, Susanna Prater. We hope you enjoyed hearing from Susanna this week and that her testimony was uplifting to your heart. 
Our 2021-2022 students have their graduation this evening, and tomorrow they head off into every corner of the globe to do the next thing God has called them to. I cannot say just how beautiful this school year has been. The Lord gives good gifts, and He has reminded us staff of that through this student body. Please pray for our new alumni that they will continue running the race and that they always remember that the God they found here is the same God that will go with them. Alumni, both new and old, remember to keep your eyes fixed on Christ. He is worthy, absolutely worthy of your heart for life. Thanks again for listening. I'm Lizzie and we'll see you next week.